step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Welcome, everyone, to Kids A to Z with Dr. T. I am your host, Teresa Signorelli, and we are bringing you information about the five areas of child development, and that is physical, intellectual, social, emotional, emotional, and moral, so parents can empower their children to thrive. Well, today we have a Brains in Toyland segment, and that regards, um, or that's regarding physical development in children, and that includes their motor, um, their motor development, and we're calling it Muscles Moving and More, Physical Development from the First to the Fifth, fifth Birthday. And we have Dr. Maureen Shore, who is a pediatric physical therapist, and she's here to share some really great information with us to help help uh, parents and caregivers help their children to thrive. So, Dr. Maureen, are you there? I am. Thank you so much for having me back. It's so great to speak with you today. Yeah, thank you so much. Yes, um, you were here a, um, a couple months ago, and we did kind of the first area of growth for children in this area. We looked at birth to that first birthday, and we called it, Is This Normal?, Crawling, moving, and more from mama's belly to that first birthday. Um, so here's kind of part two, and we're going to talk about development from that first birthday through the fifth birthday. So, um, But before we do that, let's talk a little bit about your expertise and why I've asked you as a physical therapist to come on um, and, and why a physical therapist really is one of the best, if not the best, professional to look to and to talk to regarding information on motor or physical development. So can you talk to that point a little bit? Sure, absolutely. Well, my name is Maureen Shore, and I am a pediatric physical therapist at Hospital for Special Surgeries, CA Technologies and Rehabilitation Center. And I think people are most familiar with the role of physical therapists to either reduce pain or restore function, but health promotion and wellness are really integral to our practice as therapists. And as a board-certified pediatric clinical specialist, my area of expertise is children and adolescents from birth to through young adulthood. So when thinking about wellness and health promotion in children, the physical therapist's focus is on motor development and activity. So today I'm going to be speaking about gross motor development or really the large muscle development. So that means skills like walking and jumping and, and running. Right. So, um, yeah, I guess um, maybe give a little more of a definition of what we mean by that. Um, what, what does that really mean, motor development? Sure. So motor development is essentially the growth and maturation of a child's muscles and movement patterns, which leads to advancement of their skills. So basically, how does he go from being a helpless newborn curled up in that fetal position to a running, jumping, skipping child, and eventually on to a physically maturing young adult? Okay, great. So while we're thinking about motor and physical development, what, and again, we're talking about children's growth between that first and fifth birthday, what information do you find as an expert in this area that parents are often unaware of? And maybe, sure. maybe you think that, that parents are often surprised to learn about, too, if, if that's different. Okay. Um, I would say that one of the most interesting things that 
I find, and this is I speak to parents about this, I, even speaking to uh, other adults and, and professionals, this comes up. But I think it's so interesting how much infant motor development impacts our movement patterns and skills even into adulthood. So often as a child learns a new skill or, or even an adult learns a new skill, for example, throwing a ball or perhaps even um, I just recently learned how to ski. So even as an adult learning how to ski, the postural control or muscle activation for that activity develops really in a similar pattern as it did for those early motor milestones like crawling or cruising. So as they grow, infants and toddlers experiment with different movement patterns until they really find the most efficient patterns for their bodies. These movement patterns develop and mature as his body grows and changes, but the muscle and motor development that takes place in those early childhood days really influence the posture and movement of the person throughout adulthood. So I guess that's um, a reason why we want to pay attention to motor development through childhood and make sure it's on track because it could impact how well adults are able to function or how well they're able to function physically later as adults. You're absolutely right. You know, um, it's it's amazing, but even what happens as as a small child or an infant does impact um, our health and, and wellness as adults. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's a big premise for the show is helping parents help their children create these real strong foundational skills from which um, to grow um, and have a really good start early on so that as adults or young adults and then older adults, they um, really can thrive and and be productive in in lots of different areas. So um, let's let's ask um, another question here, and one is what, what are questions that parents often ask you for kids in this age range? So in the beginning part of this age range, probably the most common question tends to be something like, my child isn't walking yet, what's wrong? And when I hear this, I always remind the parent that children grow and they mature at different rates, and there's really a very wide range of what is considered normal. So we can get into more age specifics as we talk today, but I think the most important thing is to not panic over your child's development. Know that every child has his unique timeline for growth, and today I'm going to discuss some milestones to look for, as well as how to encourage them and and when to speak professional guidance. So I I think the other thing that's most important um, to point out is that A delay in motor skills, gross motor skills, fine motor skills, that in no way indicates that there will be a delay in cognitive skills or that there is a delay in in those skills, nor does it mean that your child will always struggle with physical activities. It really just means that at that time, your child just needs a little more assistance to help him reach his potential and to keep up with his peers and his friends. Yeah, and um, go ahead. (laughs) No, just, you know, I, it's don't panic, but we're here to help you. Right, we're here to help. And I've said before, I'm a speech-language pathologist, so I look at children in terms of their motor speech development and then their language or cognitive development. Um, and I do, and I've seen, I've worked in pediatrics a real long time, and I have seen tons of children with these motor delays really um, be fine cognitively and catch up in all areas of development with their other, with their peers and looking to professionals to give you just a little advice, things you can do, little extra activities, really can be very, very helpful, really helpful. So in order to foster a skill, we need to know what it looks like. So let's talk about what motor skills look like in that first, well, really that second year, that from birthday, the first birthday to that second birthday. What are some significant milestones or really physical behaviors or actions 
maybe we might say we would want to see from children during this time period? Well, um, let's start with the, the most notable, noticeable change at this age is really walking. So your average child will begin walking around 12 months of age, um, but the spectrum, as I said, of independent walking really ranges between 8 to 18 months or so. Now, when a child or, or a toddler begins walking, she will initially keep her arms in what we therapists like to call high guard, which means she'll be holding her hands up in the air, probably around her ears. And typically she'll walk with a very wide base of support, which means that her, her legs are spread apart with her feet basically wider than her hip width. She's going to take short, quick steps, landing with nice, flat feet. Um, and really, the, the best analogy I can give is think about if you're walking on a slippery floor. How would you walk? And basically, you walk with those small steps, and your arms are out to guard you, and your body is very stiff, and, and that's just what a new walker is doing. It's, it's, it's funny how we resort to our primitive patterns when uh, we're challenged, and, and so I think uh, walking on ice or something is a great indicator of how you'd be walking as a, a new walker. Yes, now, yes. The, <laughs> the other thing new walkers do is they they use what we call excessive hip flexion, which means they really do these nice marching steps, and it's it's pretty cute. You see the toddler kind of waddling along and, and marching. Um, but once he or she becomes a more independent walker, you see this increased confidence come out and improve balance. Her arms are going to slowly move from high to mid-guard or you know, hands about shoulder height, eventually dropping down to a nice reciprocal arm swing. So she'll be swinging her arms just like we do as adults. And that usually takes about five or six months of, of consistent walking. So figure starting to see that around the 17, 18-month uh, age range and onward. Now, beginning so at that. Oh, yes. Oh, if I can jump in for one question, uh, or one second to ask a question about what you really mean by reciprocal arm swinging. Sure. What does that look so, like? Reciprocal arm swing is picture if you are walking to the train and, you, and you're walking quickly. Your arms are kind of pumping at your side, so your left arm is moving with your right leg and your right arm is moving with your left leg, and just that kind of cross-body swinging your arm motion. So their arms are no longer in a nice high guard. They're not up by their ears or their shoulders. They're down at their sides, and they're just swinging comfortably as uh, the child walks. Right, so your right arm is forward as your left arm is back, and then it switches as you keep moving forward. That's right. That's right. Great. So also at this time, this is when their walking pattern really begins to mature, and you'll see her start using her foot and ankle more. She's going to start rolling from heel to toe, so now you're off the ice and you're walking on a more stable ground. Um, the base of support is going to start to narrow. Her feet are going to come in a little closer. And those marching steps will start to look more like a typical walking pattern. Now, the interesting thing about uh, childhood and, and walking is that this pattern is going to continue to mature as her, her body grows and, and her body proportions change. And that happens throughout early childhood, so that usually by around age seven years old, that's when we see a true mature adult walking pattern. And up until then, it's it's a matter of problem solving and changing centers of gravity and body proportions and and it's just an evolution. Yeah, that's actually a really interesting point and there's there's two things you've said that have resonated with me uh about range and I think you said children start walking somewhere between 8 and 18 months. Correct. Is that yeah. what you said earlier? So mm -hmm. that's a pretty wide range. And then the other thing that I I never really realized was that you don't really have a full mature walking pattern until you're about seven? That's true. 
Yes. Wow, that's so interesting. Okay. Okay, great. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, um, if you think else? about it, your mm-hmm. your body proportions really change, you know, as as a toddler, their their heads are so large and their bodies are so small. They've got short limbs um that they just are not physically capable of having that adult walking pattern. So, it's really once your body proportions are what they will be as an adult that you see that that movement pattern emerge. Yeah, I I mean, I, I know language skills really develop across the lifetime and brain development actually continues into those early 20s. Mm-hmm. Um so this makes makes a lot of sense. Um but um um oh I just lost my thought. So why don't you <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> why don't you continue? I think there were a few other things you were going to say about this age range. Sure. So other things that happen in this age range, you'll see the child start standing up from the floor by himself or stand without holding on to anything. He will start squatting to pick something up from the floor. And as your toddler gains balance and coordination, he or she will begin to carry or pull a toy while walking. They'll climb stairs with the support of a handrail or or holding your hand. All these big kid skills start emerging at, at this age, which is pretty exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I now remember the thought I was going to have. I, I hope everybody bears with me. It's the end of the fall semester, and it's <laughs> it's been a long semester. But um, I was thinking of how this is such a long age range, um, thinking of this is probably one of the hardest things you'll ever learn to do is learn to walk. It's a big change from going from being lying down or on your hands and knees to being an upright uh, two-foot walker. Right. Yeah. There's there's a lot going on. Um, so since there is so much going on, um, and parents always have so much to be concerned about, at what point, since there is such a large age range of when children walk and and how long it takes them actually to fully develop walking, about what time should a parent be concerned that their child's not on par and not developing the way they should be in terms of their walking skills? Well, you know, parents and caregivers are continuously evaluating their their children. They they see them on a daily basis, and um, you'll know if, if your child is interested in moving or seems to have no interest in in being upright whatsoever. So, definitely start having conversations with your pediatrician or um, another health professional if you have any concerns. But I would say, if um, you know, the big concerns would be if your child is not pulling to stand or really doesn't want to bear weight through his legs, take any weight if if you stand him up and support him if if he just collapses that's more of a concern and you'd want to go to uh your back to your pediatrician and, and discuss that with him or her um but i would say if if he's still not walking by around 14 months or so i would ask for an evaluation by a, a pediatric physical therapist and just to to get their opinion and their assessment get some ideas of what you can do at at home or or maybe your child would need a little extra help for a short period of time until he or she is walking Right, and um, right, the pediatrician is a, is a really fantastic source to get to a physical therapist, and those services are covered by early intervention at birth to three. That's correct. Um, birth to three, every state calls it something different, but it's, it's for children birth to three, and so those evaluations and any services a child may need come free of charge. So that might be important for parents to know if they're not aware of that, and uh, their pediatrician can get those that information for them um, so they can get in contact with agencies um, and physical therapists, et cetera, who can really take care of all that for them. Absolutely. Now, um, one of the things I'd love you to mention regarding this, this first to second year age range, <clears throat> excuse me, is maybe some activities that you can do with your kids at this time 
Now, we're actually going to have you on next week to talk um, maybe more in depth about more fun games and activities we can do to foster development in children birth to five. But just maybe name an activity or two here for this show um, about what you can do um, year one to year two with, with kids to help them grow. Sure. So things like walking really rely on having strong leg and back and belly muscles. So any kind of activity that would encourage moving from squatting to standing, say, is is a great idea at this age. So um, you can play a game. You can have a play kitchen or a, a play car garage and put the food or the cars on the floor and have your child squat to pick up. Um, you know, a waffle and pick it up and put it in the the toaster oven or or something like that, that they are continuously moving from squatting to standing and back down again because that's going to really strengthen those muscles. Or you could do something as simple as as standing and pushing a heavy wagon or a laundry basket across the room, and that's going to really strengthen your toddler's core muscles and his leg and arm muscles to help um, just foster his development. Yeah, I, I think what resonated with me as you were saying that is what looks like very simple play mm-hmm. is actually very hard work. <laughs> there is That's a lot going so on there, and they're not just simply um, mixing toys together. You see they really are engaging muscle groups that they need to engage. They're really thinking about how things fit together. So um, I always say that play is very hard work, and it's super important. Um um, but, yeah, so um, that's that's a big takeaway I'd love parents to have, to understand really how much is really going on when you're doing these very basic or seemingly so um, basic interactions. That's so right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> let's talk a little bit about children in that next age range. So as they get to around three years of age, what would we expect? Well, um, at two years old, your toddler is going to be much more stable. He's going to be climbing stairs independently in a a step-together fashion, meaning he's going to be placing two feet on each step. Um, Or if you're holding his hand, he'll he'll attempt to try and climb in that step-over-step fashion that we do as adults. Um, And you mean step-over-step? You mean one foot on the step and then the other foot goes on the step above it? That's correct, yeah. Left foot, right foot going all the way up the stairs rather than having the step-together with two feet on each step. Um. So at at that point, at around two years old, your your child can balance for brief periods of time, which helps the step over step. But also because he's balancing on on one foot, it allows him to do things like kick a ball. And by two and a half, you're going to see him uh, start to throw a ball overhand. He'll be able to trap a ball against his body to catch it, and he'll be jumping. So oftentimes around age two, jumping begins as uh, jumping down from a surface, a a step or a a book or something like that. And I always laugh. I'm always reminded of that scene in Toy Story where Woody the Cowboy tells Buzz the Space Ranger, that's not flying, that's falling with style. (laughs) And essentially (laughs) that's just how children learn to jump. In the beginning, it is falling with style. (laughs) Mm you know, but as he grows and develops, uh, he gains a better range of motion at his ankles and knees and hips, and he gets better control over them. So this means that rather than that stiff-legged wooden soldier appearance that, that we see in our new jumpers, as the child approaches three years old, he's going to use his legs more efficiently, and they're going to become power generators and shock absorbers, and it's going to look like a much more uh, coordinated and comfortable jump, and, and then you can't get them to stop. They're, they turn into little jumping beans. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> they do, they do. So um, what are some activities you could recommend for this age range, you know, as as a child approaches about three or so? 
Sure. So this is a great time to encourage ball play. Anything from rolling or kicking, throwing and catching balls, they're all important skills. Um, as you were saying, play is the child's work, and, and this is very important in this job description. <laughs> balls come into play all throughout childhood and, and even into adulthood, so this is a great time to introduce those skills. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's talk about the next age range. So what physical skills um, and physical abilities would we want to see in children as they're they're about four years of age? Sure. So beginning around age three, we start to see that transition from the child propelling a a ride-on toy with his feet on the floor kind of pushing along. Uh, Then he begins to pedal a tricycle. He, at this age, is able to climb upstairs, step over step, like we talked about. He can do that comfortably at this point. And when catching a ball, he's able to kind of get his arms ready and anticipate what's going to happen. Uh, at this time, he's starting to run in a nice, increasingly uh, coordinated manner. And we're going to start to see some hopping emerge at this time. And again, initially, it's, it's that falling with style thing again. It's, it's only one to two stiff, small hops at a time. But uh, it, it does begin. Now, one thing that can happen around age three and a half, as a child grows, parents and caregivers may notice a little period of insecurity, fearfulness, or clumsiness emerging. This is totally age-appropriate, um, and it's soon replaced by the confidence of a four-year-old. So again, this is not something to panic. It's a normal part of, of growth and development um, as they kind of learn um, a little so, bit more Maureen, about gravity. Yes. Yeah, and so when you notice that your child's in this period where they may maybe feeling a little insecure, what can a parent do in that case? Um, you know, assuming they're going to grow out of it by the time they get to about four, but what could we do in the meantime? Just uh, provide encouragement and support. And you never want to force your child to do something. If, if they're on the playground and they're fearful, that's okay. That's him learning about boundaries and, and about safety, and, and that's good, and we want to encourage that. But also we do want to say, you know what, I'm here for you. I'm going to help you through this and show you you can do this, and, and this is fun. So it's, it's just a, a balance of, of support and um, patience, again, because it, it may be, you know, last month he was running across this uh, piece of equipment at the playground, and, and now he's he doesn't want to try it. That's okay. He'll come back to making it fun, but just keeping in mind that, it should be fun, and, and we don't want to get let our frustrations as, as adults seep into um, our children. Right, right. Okay, great. Thanks. Um, so then finally, um, by age four, your, your child is going to really start to show more control over his body. So he's going to start incorporating some rotation to his trunk, his, his uh, upper body when he's throwing or when he's kicking, and that's going to give him more power as he propels that ball. Um, He's going to be able to catch a ball with his hands rather than trapping it against his body. And this is when they really start to have fun walking along a curb without losing their balance, um, climbing downstairs, doing that adult pattern, that step-over-step pattern. Um, And now the hopping gets, uh, you can string together a few more coordinated hops, so maybe about four or five hops in a row. Okay. And so what are activities we can do with a four-year-old to help them really thrive? Well, four-year-olds really enjoy playing any kind of active game, so something that involves running or jumping, climbing, anything like that. At four years old, he can ride a bicycle with training wheels. And I think bike riding is really a great activity to promote strength and balance, as well as cardiovascular health, and it, it really can give a child a lifelong love of physical activity and being outdoors, and it's such a great family activity to do. 
So, um, you know, whether you have a little one on a tricycle or progressing to a, a bike uh, with training wheels and, and even off the, the bicycle with training wheels, um, it's just a great activity to, to start to enjoy as a family. Yep, yep, for sure, for sure. So let's move on to the last stage, um, at least for our purposes here, that five-year-old range. What what are behaviors, what are some physical um, activities and skills we would see around this age? Okay, well, now they're really getting to be big kids. So five-year-olds can perform more complex coordinated maneuvers, such as skipping and galloping. They can jump forward distances of, of probably up around two feet and can jump over low hurdles maybe six or eight inches high. Five-year-olds can usually hop about eight to ten times consecutively. Um, and this is a great age to begin to introduce jump roping. Um, mm-hmm. So initially it's definitely a challenge to coordinate the arms and legs uh, and to get the child jumping rope, but it's a great skill that a five-year-old can learn and can enjoy. Okay, great. So that pretty much covers that first year to that fifth year in terms of skills we would see and some activities we might do with them uh, to help promote development. Again, as we said, Dr. Maureen is going to be back with us next week to talk about even more activities that we could do with them. I guess we're it's, it's um, getting ready for holiday season, and maybe we'll have some great ideas for toys and, and whatnot for um, your loved ones. <laughs> but. Yeah. So now that we've kind of gone through the skills to expect, um, as children are learning to run and climb and jump, there is a potential for them to get injured or get hurt in some ways. So what are things that we can do as caregivers to help them um, prevent hurting themselves and prevent injury? Uh. Oh, this is the age-old question. <laughs> it's definitely a struggle that I have as a mom and a physical therapist. So, you know, the mom in me wants to shout, don't do that, you, you could fall and get hurt. And the physical therapist in me says, hmm, let's see what strategy you're going to use to get across those swinging monkey bars. You know, so it's it's something that I struggle with, something I make my husband crazy about all the time. Um, but I, <laughs> honestly, I I think the uh, the best thing a caregiver can do is to just always be vigilant. You know, children may have the physical skills to perform certain activities, things like climbing a ladder or bike riding, but they don't necessarily have the intellectual abilities to to make the safest choices. And that's where we come in as as parents and guardians. So we really need to watch our children and also really assess the environment. So we want to make sure that playground equipment is sturdy and that we provide uh, any necessary protective gear like bike helmets. And I think that's something that's so important to instill even in a very young child, get them in the habit of wearing a helmet anytime they go on a bike or, or a scooter or anything, um, make it so that it becomes automatic, something like using a seatbelt. As soon as you get in the car, it goes on. Same thing with, with uh, any kind of safety equipment for any sports that you're playing. Yeah, I am huge about uh, helmets for kids when they're doing these big activities, these big motor activities. Um, as a speech pathologist, I'm always concerned about head injury and how that can affect learning and, of course, motor um, and physical skills as well. Um, sure. And it's we're hearing more and more in the news about concussions in sports, um, and so I, that's that's too big of a topic to talk about now. But that it's really something that we need to be thinking of. And I love your idea that it should be it should be second nature. You get in the car, yeah. you put on the seatbelt, you don't think twice. You get on a bike or a skateboard, and you put that helmet on, <clears throat> and that struggle, yes, wanting, you know, don't do that, don't get hurt, but you want them to grow. It's such mm-hmm. an important part of of overall development. Um, 
And That's right. I think I I think a, a phrase I heard somebody say once was, you know, you want them to learn how to f- children will fall, but mm-hmm. you also want them to know how to fall safely. Um That's right. Is that something you can maybe talk about a little bit? I, that's just occurring to me now as we're talking. Um, if they if they never fall, then they don't know how to fall. Um, right, they they can't get, get back. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's yeah. true. You know, it's so important uh, from infancy on to really let our children explore their environments, explore their bodies. You know, I, I said a little earlier. Um, that children will experiment with different movement patterns so that they they figure out what works best for them, what's what's most efficient, and it's it's the same thing um, climbing around your living room or playing on a playground. That's how they learn about the world, about their bodies, about the forces of physics and nature and movement velocity. They need all that stimulation to develop into a, a healthy whole person. Um, so we need to provide our children with those opportunities, but but to also be vigilant. And, and yes, children are going to fall. And our body's natural instinct is to protect ourselves, to get our arms out, to protect our heads. Um, and and that's something that, that is innate. But also, if we deprive them of those opportunities, they they won't develop that, that sense. So. Yeah, you know, and it's, it's a tough role as a guardian. <laughs> it's it's a very tough role, and I I remember when I was working in a therapeutic preschool a number of years ago, I had a little girl who she was fairly involved motorically. She she had a lot of trouble walking and balancing, um, keeping balance, and her muscles weren't very strong. And I was walking down the stairs with her, and she fell, and mm. she rolled down the stairs, and my heart sunk, and she got to the bottom. And she looked at me, and she smiled with the largest smile. And I, I, I was so happy that she was okay. And I called her mother immediately mm-hmm. after checking her out and making sure she was fine and bringing her back to her teacher. I was, I was working as a speech pathologist. And I called her mom, and her mom's like, oh, no problem. She, she falls down the stairs all the time. She knows, and the mom's comment was she knows how to fall. Yes. Um, and so um, having that experience and I guess us being with them while they do it to help make sure they do it in a safe way really right. can pay off at another point when they when they really do have an encounter uh, where they're um, falling. This is true, yes. Yeah. So that that was just bringing up lots of memories for me as you were talking about it. <laughs> I'm glad she was okay. okay. <laughs> yes, she was, and the smile on this child's face it was it was so it was so um, heartening to see. She it was as it was almost fun for her, um, yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't that long of a staircase, um, but she just gave this big grin and um, oh goodness, and and mom was not concerned either because she she knows her child and her child even though she had physical limitations, kind of knew what her body could do. So that was a nice thing. That's great. That was a nice thing to see. So let's stop talking about people falling and talk about um, something else that actually is also a concern that I think parents have. And that's um, all these video games and technology that we have. And they're wonderful in many ways, uh, and they're everywhere. But um, as wonderful as they are, they also create some challenges for us where children tend to be more sedentary now than they have been perhaps in previous generations. And we're seeing trouble with, um, for example, increases in childhood obesity. So with that in mind, and 
is there is there a minimum maybe of physical activity that we should be having our children engage in and is there a way parents can make sure that their children are getting sufficient physical um exercise and physical activity Oh, I'm so glad you asked this question because this is really a topic that's near and dear to my heart. I've, I've worked a lot um, with wellness programs and, and childhood obesity. And um, it's so important that our children participate in active play in order to develop strong muscles and bones and healthy hearts and lungs. The U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Centers for Disease Control recommend that children should be active for at least 60 minutes per day, a minimum of five days per week. Now, that can seem very much overwhelming, uh, but really that time can be broken down into smaller chunks throughout the day. So, um, you know, 15 minutes at a time or, or whatever works for your child and for you, but that is really the minimum level of activity that we should be shooting for with our children. We want to make sure that they're they're up and moving. Up and moving. So those activities we spoke about um, earlier in the show as we've talked about the different age ranges, those are the types of activities we could be engaging them in during these, these little chunks of time? Yeah, play. Any kind of play that your child is is moving from point A to point B, getting up, getting down, climbing, throwing, reaching, it's it's all activity, and it's, it's age-appropriate, and, and that's what we want our children to be engaging in. Right. Great. Okay, so we're starting to come toward the end of the show, and like I said, we're going to have you back next week, and we're going to talk about more games and more toys and other great activities we can do across the the birth to five-year skill level to help foster physical development in our kids. But um, before we end, can you why don't you talk to the audience about the programs you offer at your hospital um, and maybe how they can get in touch with you. Um, I'm going to be putting your website and contact information up on the the websites for the show so parents will have that. Um, but why don't you talk to us a little bit about what you all offer? Sure. So at Hospital for Special Surgery, our pediatric rehab department um, is really fantastic, and they see children from birth to age 21 years old for physical, occupational, or speech therapy. Um, and our specialized staff really uses a team approach involving the child and their caregivers, their physicians, their teachers, and any other therapists that are involved. And they, they work together to design an individualized treatment program. Now, in addition to this skilled uh, PT, OT, or speech therapy that we offer, um, we offer aquatic therapy, feeding, sensory integration, wheelchair and mobility assessments, as well as things like injury prevention and, and return to play programs. Now, in addition to that, we offer a variety of community education courses. So those would be for parents and caregivers telling, talking about development or injury prevention and things like that. And we also offer professional education courses for um, other healthcare professionals, so therapists or um, athletic trainers, nurse practitioners, uh, and physicians. Um, if you would like more information, um, you can go to our website, which is www.hss.edu. And I think you said you have that on your website as well. And you can yeah, go we'll there. Yeah, I'll can... put that up. <laughs> Perfect. I'll be setting that up. I'll be putting that up. Great. So you can go there and search for pediatric rehab. Um, you can follow our blog called HSS on the Move, and that is also located from our website at uh, hss.edu backslash on the move. Or you can also, um, through our website, sign up for our monthly electronic newsletter, which gives you 
um, a little blurb or, or a blog on, on a monthly basis about pediatrics or child development or other topics that uh, parents and caregivers might be interested in. Super. And so actually what I'm going to do at this time, too, is I have some family members who have actually been in the pediatric rehab department over at the hospital for special surgery in the past few months. And um, they're twins, and they're, they're a little behind in their motor development, and the family has been so thrilled with the care that they've been receiving from you guys. Oh, <laughs> so, that's so great um, to on hear. Their <laughs> I wanted to say thank you and let our audience know that you really do have a wonderful operation there. With, uh, as you just said, you lots so of much. wonderful programs, lots of wonderful programs for families, for professionals. So um, that's so nice to know. And so um, as auntie, I thank you. <laughs> I thank, <laughs> well, thank you. you. We're very happy to have them here. Yeah, yeah. So that that was always encouraging um, to hear. They, they started um, after I, I met you initially. So that was just a nice extra connection that we found. And I, I was so happy that um, everybody seemed happy all the way around. Oh, great. Okay. So... What we do now at the end of the show, we love to do a few things. One, remind um, parents that um, if they ever have a question, that pediatricians really are a wonderful first resource for them where they can get referrals to the right specialist. Um, and, of course, as we've been saying, for motor development and gross motor development, especially with those big, large muscles and those big, large movements, physical therapists are really ideal um, and then we always ask our our guests to tell parents their five fantastic facts for families. So what is what is your favorite advice to share with families um, about this topic? Sure. So I would say the first thing uh, we've been talking about is just to get out there and be active. And especially with, with kids in this age range, they love doing what the big guys do. So whether that's mom and dad or big brother or older cousin, you want to be a role model for them. So get out there and have fun being physically active and really involve the whole family in your activities. So whether that's hiking or biking, swimming, this time of year sledding or skiing, um, get out there and, and have fun being active. And then the, the next thing I would say is every little bit counts. So when we were talking about um, the recommendations from the Department of Health and the CDC to get in your child's 60 minutes of physical activity a day, break up the time into smaller amounts so it doesn't seem so uh, unrealistic. You know, go out there and, and ride a tricycle for 10 minutes or something as simple as having a, a five-minute dance party while you're making lunch or something like that. And always don't, you know, don't forget about getting outside to play either at a playground or a park, and, and that could be probably up to a half hour or so or, or even longer. So little bits will add up and um, help your children be active. Now, when the, for my, my third suggestion, when the Department of Health and, and the CDC made these recommendations, the one thing that they stressed is that physical activity should really be age appropriate. So you don't have to enroll your two-year-old in a baby boot camp. You know, children are naturally active, and the games they play very often involve movement that's going to build strong bones and muscles. So you don't have to rack your brain coming up with 60 minutes of structured play. Just encourage their play to be active. So whether they're climbing over a mountain of couch cushions or jumping in puddles, as long as your child is moving her body, she's being physically active, and that's going to aid with her physical development. Again, the, the play is your child's work, so so important. Um, and then probably 
number four, my, my favorite part about being a parent is to remember what it was like to be five. So you have to let your child go out and explore and express himself, but you too have to let go of your inhibitions and just enjoy the moment along with your child. So go out there and, and feel the wind in your face while you're on the swings or dance and move your body to a silly song. Just run across the playground or the living room or down the hall just because you can. You know, it, it always amazes me that the kids just choose to run everywhere. Um, and, and just remember what that felt like. And if, if you're having fun, chances are your child will be having fun right along with you and, and just being active and, and learning um, what that what that is like and linking that to happiness and uh you know, also indirectly, just strengthening his body and and developing into a, a healthy individual. And then finally, what I would say is, if you are at all concerned that your child is not meeting his or her developmental milestones, don't hesitate to contact your pediatrician and ask for a referral for ask for a referral to a pediatric physical therapist. You know, the the physical therapist can provide you with valuable tips and exercises that you can incorporate into your daily routine to help your little ones master their gross motor skills and keep up with their friends. Um, And also just to give you, as as a parent or caregiver, just that peace of mind that you need, that um, either, yes, he's doing great and and developing typically, or, you know what, he needs a little help right now, but we're going to give him the help that he needs, and, and he's going to do great. So uh, really don't, don't hesitate to, to get in touch with a, a healthcare professional to, to help you out. Exactly, exactly. And don't hesitate either to contact us at the show. We always invite families um, and other caregivers and whoever's interested to send us either questions that you may have about child development that you'd like us to answer on the show. You may have suggestions for show topics that you'd like us to address as well. So you can send all that to info at kidsa-to-z.com. That's info at kidsa-to-z.com. And um, I want to thank our guest, Dr. Maureen Shore, who's really been so helpful. I, I, these, I always learn so tremendously when, when I do these interviews, and I'm hoping that our audience does as well. And before we signed off, I, had, I found a quote from Maria Montessori, who was um, an Italian medical professional and educator number of years ago and she said that through movement we come in contact with external reality and it is through these contacts that we even eventually acquire even abstract ideas Um, and it's so true how physical development impacts our cognitive development and we didn't really talk about that too much here but um, those are things that we'll be getting into more as um, our show progresses Um, and I just really loved that quote Oh, it's fantastic. It just shows how, yeah, and how much how important physical movement really, really is. So, thank you for thank you for your time. Um, again, kidsa2z.com. You can access the show anytime. I will get those links um, to Dr. Shore's hospital and blogs, etc., up on our pages, so you can access it easily there. And I want to thank everybody for listening, and we will uh, we will see you soon. So, take care. Thank you for having me, Dr. T. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Sure.
into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.